Dude, I'm not made for this fucking world. I should be a B. And welcome, everybody, to episode 20 of Digesting Cinema with Aaron and Christina. I'm your host, Aaron, and this week we're covering movies over $150 million. And if I sound a little bit angry, maybe not so buzzed, it's because we got to watch the movie. But before we get into that and our opinions, which hopefully are not diverse on this one, I'm going to turn it over to my fellow host, Christina, to lie to me about how she is. How are you, Christina? I'm doing much better than you are, so it's not a lie. Yeah. Oh, good. So you like? I believe you like this movie more than I did then. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I just generally feel like I'm just a happier person than you are. Like, Yeah. I'm just not, no, I'm no, not pretty great. so between the podcast and watching this movie, one conclusion I've definitely come to is that I was not buzzed enough for this movie or for this podcast, because unless I was under some serious, serious substances, I don't know how I could ever have enjoyed this movie. This movie sucks. <laughs> I'm not like a super big fan of Jerry Seinfeld. I don't find him to be particularly funny. I was never super into him and this movie just kind kind of reiterates that I don't think he's really all that great. So. Yeah. So I guess like first and foremost, do you want to read our synopsis? Yeah, we'll just act professional for a little bit longer and then we'll just like really <laughs> lay it in there. So according to IMDb, Barry B. Benson, a B just graduated from college, is disillusioned at his lone career choice, making honey. On a special trip outside the hive, Barry's life is saved by Vanessa, a florist in New York City. As their relationship blossoms, he discovers humans actually actually eat honey and sub subsequently decides to sue them. Yeah. So this movie was written by Jerry Seinfeld and a few other writers. Basically, stand-up comics wrote this movie as like a joke. The joke was, what if bees sued humans? And they built a movie from there. It literally, this movie was over $150 million. And if you look at this animation and you think they got their money's worth, then you're blind. This animation was horrible. Very cheap. Yeah. And like there was like three character designs. There was Fat B, Tall B, and Regular B. There was Jacked B also. Um, the, and Jacked B. Got the pollen. Yeah, the pollen jocks. And it's like there was, you know, plenty of B puns, not a lot of great B puns. There was tons of weird moments in this movie. This whole movie is only around and known at this point. First of all, this movie came out in 2007. Okay? Yeah, which I didn't realize it was that long ago that it came out. Yeah, it had a resurgence in 2015 thanks to memes. And basically every single scene from this movie being able to be memed whether it's do you like jazz or just the whole bestiality angle of this movie i mean it's not even like a stacked voice cast i mean it's notable but it's like matthew broderick and john goodman like fine and like ray liotta cameos as himself which why why right. was he's not a good fella he's a bad fella that's why he cameoed because Jerry Seinfeld wrote that down. And Jerry Seinfeld has not been funny for like 15 years. 
in my opinion. And I know for you, he really hasn't been funny. I um, feel like Jerry makes the same jokes all the time where he, like what you just said right there, he's all about like his voice inflection of like, this sounds ridiculous. And it's like, sometimes it really doesn't, Jerry. And you just are trying to make stuff funny that's not funny. Yeah. Like you can voice inflect all you want. It's not funny. And that was the entire origin of this movie is that he thought that the premise was hilarious. And he wrote this with the writers of Seinfeld. So this whole movie's premise feels like a Seinfeld plot where like Kramer would come up with this movie about bees finding out they've been exploited for honey and like then suing them. I was not expecting it to be a courtroom drama at yeah. point. I was. actually think that that made the movie worse. Like I was kind of all in in the beginning. I was like, this is such a cute idea. It's super yeah, bee. In the beginning. Right. In the beginning, you know, they have like such quirky things like, oh man, like high school was three days and college was three days. So like you're joking on their lifespan. And then it's this bigger picture of like, you know, and the existential crisis of like, what job do I want? And I was like, oh, this is going to be like a super cute movie. And then I honestly think the fact that he met humans is when it all just went down south and this just became a crappy movie. Yeah, I completely agree. We'll go to the days thing. And just how this doesn't work throughout the movie. First of all, like bees live to be like 10 days old, I guess. I don't know if that's true or not, but like I that. probably should have looked that up, but I, I don't know, true. but I get why they were trying to make it seem like he doesn't live very long. Let's assume that's true. So let's extend that out to spoiler alert throughout this fucking podcast. Explicit warning as well. Let's just stretch this out the whole movie and the relationship with Vanessa the florist. All right. So a honeybee can live anywhere from 14 to 28 days and a bumblebee is 28 days. So let's say yeah. a month. Let's say they live okay. a month. Great. I want to see this fucking sequel where Vanessa has to realize she's left her husband for a bee that dies within a month. I want to see this extended relationship because this is a doomed relationship from the get-go for so many reasons. First of all, it's a bee. Like, what? what, what <laughs> I'm sorry. What is the moment in this movie when the bee earns this attraction from this woman? I didn't really take it as attraction. I took it as this woman who is so unhappy and lonely that like, it was like a deep friendship for her, which is honestly, I think even a little bit sadder of like, Ooh. I'm so sad and alone that like, I'm willing to be friends with a B because my life is so sad and I married this a-hole. So you think maybe like after this movie's over, they had like a conversation about like, Barry, like, no, we're... You've been like the friend zone comp conversation. I don't think Barry thought they were dating though, because his friend asks him and Barry's like, no, she's not my girlfriend. So they're just like a platonic, like. Yeah, I think it's actually a real sad and pathetic relationship. I don't think there's an attraction. I oh. think it's like, I'm so sad and alone. Like, I'll just be friends with a bee. Can we also just talk about, and I hate this in movies, is like when something totally outrageous happens and we're all supposed to just believe this is normal. Like if a bee just started talking to me, I wouldn't be like, oh, that's weird. This bee's talking. Would you like to have some tea and crumpets? Yeah. Or like in Twilight when like, they're like, oh yeah, they're vampires. And everyone was like, that's cool. Mm -hmm. No, Why is no one reacting appropriately to the fact that that's not real? Like that's not normal. So now I'm suspending reality that we're in a world where bees are just freely speaking to humans and we all understand them and they can 
can process legal claims in like the court of law in America. That's what's happening. Yeah. yeah, there's a term for that. It's called bad writing. And that's just what this movie is filled with. And the $150 million budget, it didn't come from the animation. It couldn't have. No. The movie just was rewritten so many times that they just kept wasting money on spec scripts that weren't used. And Jerry Seinfeld got very rich off this movie. Well, I mean, you had to pay him. Renee Zellweger just came off of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. you have that. I mean, Matthew Broderick, who knows? Ray Liotta and Oprah, I'm sure, were probably expensive for their minor roles just based off of who they are. So, yeah, yeah there's a deep cast of like very random people. Larry King's name in the movie was B. Larry King. Yeah. As in, yeah. Like, how? how is that? Like, how? How did yeah, that get like, like, Chris we Rock is in this for a minute. Kathy Bates is in this. Like, could've, they could have at least put him Larry B. King right. and, and like made it a play on B. Queen or Larry B. Queen King or something. Like, again, like this is just, this movie was so bad. And I am shocked that it's still from 2007. Think about all the movies from 2007 that have been forgotten about that are great that just aren't brought up. And this is a movie that regularly in this community, which I am judging this whole community for, is brought up pretty routinely. And I've heard from more than a couple people they like B movie. Well, I would also argue that you and I are actually sometimes on the older end of the you know people in this community so if you watch this as a child which is what this movie was intended for you would like this movie and you have the nostalgia glasses on when you talk about it my childhood movies were movies like toy story well, our child, well, we grew up in the 90s, so obviously everything that we have is far superior. I personally, I think the 2000s decade is one of the worst decades for movies in general. Yeah. But so, I mean, that's what you get. I mean, these poor people don't even know what good animation is unless they watched older movies. I mean, there are just so many weird moments watching this movie. Just when they're like in the buses at the beginning after graduating and they all go to Honey X is the name of like where or they're all going to work. They're sitting and Barry's friend Al. I think was his name, right? Adam. Adam. First of all, not a B pun. That's that's <laughs> just the name. That doesn't even have bees in it. It's just Adam. Okay. We're not even going to try. We're just fucking name the best friend Adam. Whatever. Adam, played by Matthew Broderick, who has maybe the most plain voice you can imagine of plain. Yeah, voice. I didn't realize it was Matthew Broderick until I right. looked it up. But so you're wasting like a couple million on that, which no one's gonna show up for Matthew Broderick, even in 2007, and definitely not now. It's he's just like a regular voice. Like he's not he doesn't do anything, but he's just like Barry's friend with glasses, I guess. Like he's not really in the movie that much but they're sitting in the bus and he's like oh that girl's cute behind us and he's like that's my cousin and then uh, he's like oh really he's like distant cousin we're all related so like right away it's like incest 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 well i mean it's okay right is that how b world works like everybody just bangs the queen yeah and they're all related as a result like i just didn't feel it needed to be pointed out and it was weird and it's just like okay so then like how does he get placed with his parents like is this like a giver situation have you ever read the giver yes i have read the Giver. okay so like how there's the women that are in charge of just Mm -hmm. birthing and then like a man and women woman are assigned together and then they get assigned two children so is that how this works 
So what I'm wondering is, you know, he had a home. what I'm wondering is if this was like, we're doing the Star Wars saga right now and they, you know, were doing it as a complete story, but also with hopes of continuing it. Maybe the B movie assumed it was going to be a smash hit and it was going to have a sequel where it discussed Barry finding out he was in the friend zone and how they become parents and how they, the family origins, maybe all of these existential questions were being answered in the sequel. B2, B movie happened if the movie was good yeah if it would have happened if it was good and if it wasn't a 150 million dollar budget that ended up with a box office of 126 million so a little bit about how budgets work. It's 150 million. Usually you at least multiply it by two with the marketing. So this was probably about a $300 million budget when you were finished with it and it made $126 million. So that's probably why we didn't see more of it. I mean, everywhere else it did next to nothing. The second biggest place it was, was the UK. So thanks a lot, Tony and the Brits. Like, yeah, other than that, it just... It was not an international success. It wasn't really a domestic success. It came out at a really good time too, November, right around Thanksgiving. So families were going to this movie. I can't imagine the amount of arguments this caused within families. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like this is just, this movie was really, really bad. I hope we don't do a worse movie for the rest of the time on this. I now understand all the people that were asking why when we picked the B movie, but we didn't have a lot of choices. We were trying to go away from stuff we've seen in like big franchises. We were trying to be a little different and unfortunately we made the wrong It stung us in the ass. (laughs) Well, I feel like there's some you can Somewhere, defend this if you want. I will say there's some redeemable themes. Let's put it that way. You can relate with Barry in the, I'm supposed to do this job for the rest of my life. You know, sure. I feel like, we, you know, as somebody that's, I'm in a profession where you don't typically leave uh, with yeah. teaching. You don't really move up very much unless you want to go back to school. And basically you're doing a different job. A lot of people don't even really switch districts. I don't know how many people are familiar with how teaching works, but it's not like other jobs where I can negotiate my So if I were to go to a new district, I lose all of the sick time I've accrued. I lose my seniority that I've accrued and the new district can just start me at the bottom. So I could be, you know, I have 10 years of experience and I can actually be making less money because that's not how school districts work. So I get his thought process of like, I'm going to be trapped here forever because sometimes I feel like that too. Like, oh my God, where am I going to go? Because I have what I have right now. So, you know, you have that theme of him like, okay, I just want to get out. I want to try other things before I make this decision where I'm stuck doing this forever. So like the beginning part of this movie, I was all in. I'm like, this is great. Like if we're just sticking with the bees here, Mm-hmm. You know, to me, it's like a coming of age story. We've all relate to that. Um, I think once you start meeting the humans is where things get like really weird. The relationship with Vanessa, I mean, Renee Zelliger couldn't have phoned this in more. Seriously. Like, just like she recorded this in one day. Like, what's I the like they, I like, it? I feel like every voice actor except for John Goodman phoned this in. Yeah, like they literally just read the script. There was no acting. They just read the words that were in front of them. I thought John Goodman's like monologue in the courtroom was kind of funny yeah um, because he was like it's our duty as god's people to exploit these animals and like there was like there were moments of it being funny and it just i mean i have done stand-up comedy i've written a lot of stand-up comedy as well i kind of know how comedians like think and what they find is funny and how they like go through their creation process and it's like they made a 150 million dollar budgeted stand-up joke premise into a shit post of a movie 
Right. Like, it's crazy. This will never be done again. It was just this carte blanche trust in Seinfeld coming off the phenomenon that was Seinfeld. And they basically said, do whatever you want. And Seinfeld had ultimate creative control. And so he kept turning the scripts away and saying it needs to be rewritten. And so that probably feels like at points why this feels like three or four different movies kind of jumbled into one is because they probably kept scripts from script one or script two or script three and like jumble them all together and like just came out with it. Definitely a stand-up movie. Like this is his stand-up made into a movie. Like I can just see him being like, can you guys believe it? Like yeah. we take all the honey from bees. What if yeah. they trying to sue us? <laughs> we, put a, we put celebrities on the labels. They have nothing to do with the honey. Were they buzzing it? Were they in the hives? No. Ray Liotta knows nothing about honey. Right. Exactly. Like, it's, it's like, um, okay. It's not funny. That's why it's funny because it's not funny. It's like, okay. Yeah. Just, wow. I mean, the opening for me was weird when we're watching Barry get ready and use honey for everything. That doesn't even make sense. Like why would he put honey in his hair and then like use as deodorant? And there's not like a human equivalent that like humans use like butter. Eat honey. And they also eat it. They drink right. it. It's just it's like universal. And that's like not how bees use honey either. It's not like a comparison to like how humans use something like as much. And he sharpens like it. Why does he put a stinger into a pencil sharpener? And just like, I mean, I, just well, I why, are, why are there antennas a phone? And why yeah. do they have Bluetooth? I and, and I felt like there was like a couple dark jokes of like, oh, are you going to so and so's funeral? And he's like, everybody knows you sting someone, you die. Like, I'm not going. And I'm like, oh my god, this is a children's movie. Yeah, and also it's like, yeah, and just again, the bees have three days in like three days in high school flying. They live very short lives. Like this, even if it's a platonic relationship with Vanessa, is ending in tragedy next week. Like. <laughs> Like this guy is old, like he's dying. And I think they could have made it very weird if like they just flash forward it two weeks ahead of time. And like, he's just like, can't fly anymore. Also the way the movie opens with the description, weird. Like, I don't think that's true that like they shouldn't be able to fly. No, I think that is true. I think the physics of it is that it shouldn't really work, but they do. It's the whole like metaphor of like, it shouldn't work, but like their hard work and tenacity makes it happen. Yeah. And then, it's that's like, why it shouldn't work to sue people about honey, but his hard work and tenacity let him win the case. <laughs> yeah, and like the last line was like, bees don't care what humans think. Okay. <laughs> I think that was like a meta, you know, message from Jerry Seinfeld and the writers that we don't care what you think about this movie. We don't care if you don't think it's funny. We think it's funny and we made it. And we made well, $150 million. Well, Jerry Seinfeld, it's now 2021 and we don't like your movie. So I'm just yeah. letting you know, we're talking about it. We're still talking about your movie and we're talking about how we don't like it so yeah this movie is a meme just throughout every moment of it is a meme do you like jazz there's like weird moments of like horribly shallow social commentary that was made by like a four-year-old and it's just like that is awful Awful. Should we talk about how like we're supposed to not like Ken, but he's literally the only person who's acting normal? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about Ken. Besides the scene where he lights up his whole bathroom with like the torch. Yeah, that was a little bit out. He literally lit his whole bathroom on fire. And he does, but like it doesn't catch on fire. But besides that, he's acting very rational. Think about if you saw a bee in the middle of your guacamole. Like as someone's about to eat, you'd be like, holy shit, bee, fucking kill it. Right. Like, like, don't eat that. 
No, like, and he's the crazy one for being like, bee! Like, they're like, you're nuts. And then saying, like, I'm allergic to bees, so I would really like it if we killed it instead of just letting it go so it could come back and sting me later. Right, like, and his wife wife is like, you're an asshole. Like, leave it alone. Like, I'm going to take it to the kitchen here and give it coffee. I'll even give her that. Okay, let's not squish it. I'll let it out. Whatever. That's, that's normal. But like, you right. don't take it to your kitchen and give it coffee. A and whole then to the coffee. rooftop to overlook New York as like the maintenance guy is like, who is she talking to? Yeah. And she's just like having the time of her life. And like, he's like asking for like crumbs to be taken out and putting them into his pockets. Like also bees wear sweaters. They're I not mean, just it's cold. They're not just like, they're, why they're black and yellow they're not wearing clothes that's not a joke jokes don't work that way something and be like it's funny that's a joke i do that but like that's not how jokes work in like life like there's like oh the bees are wearing sweaters so you could say they're fat like what why so vanessa is the reason he finds out that humans eat honey right doesn't she offer him honey or ken offers them honey how does he find out i don't remember aren't they in the grocery store and like yes he's it right she takes him shopping like where they're running errands together and he sees ray leota's face and he decides he's going to like go on a mission to find out where they get it and like finds the manufacturing truck and like shakes down like the driver crazy and is then he, is this where he has a sword fight is this well i know on his way there is when he maybe i don't even know oh yeah with a thumbtack yeah thumbtack versus like which it's like someone wrote down that this guy's gonna hold a thumbtack and like on guard with this bee and it's just like why I don't know if you noticed a few times in this movie where the bees would get excited and they'd start to shake and make no noises. Did you notice this when they'd get excited and they'd yell but not make any noise and shake? They'd be like, ah, but like they wouldn't really make a lot of noise. They'd just be I moving. Did not that. Yeah. And there's like three or four times where I'm like, what the fuck? This is like how they're, what the fuck? I just kept being like, what the fuck, man? This is so weird. Oh my God. And then this what? is where I feel like things get super weird where he like right. finds slave labor bees like it yes. was already pretty weird and then we're like they're getting like gassed and he's like yes. what's happening what's going on and I'm like what are we doing here because I'm like I don't really know how honey is made in like these plants like I don't know if they are actually gassed I'm gonna give the writers the benefit of the doubt that they at least researched beekeepers will use like smoke to like move their bees around and things right. I've seen that before so I think right. that's what they were I'm trying gonna to- just so that they don't try to sting them when they go to open it up like I don't think you're you're just trying to like sedate them. Yeah, but I think like Jerry and the writers are trying to be deep and be like from their perspective, they're being right. bad. Like right. Again, and I, I'm like, I don't know what we're going for here. And did they say like, that oh, the honey was being made for the white man? And they say that in the courtroom, and then it was super awkward because then the black lawyer like scooted over. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. That's a little racial, you know, from uh Michael Richards' best friend, uh Jerry Seinfeld, which Michael Richards didn't have any controversy with races in the early 2000s. Yeah, it just seemed like it was super weird. And then he's like, they're stealing our honey. And then he was talking about how they have to like ration their honey in the hive. So like their whole job is to make all this honey and they're rationing it out. And he's like, they're taking all of our honey. But I'm like, they're not though, because like, they don't take it from your hive. They're taking it from these bees. So it seems like there's enough. So then he decides to 
talk to Vanessa and sue the human race. I believe the entire, is yeah, correct over honey. They call in witnesses. Ray Liotta makes a cameo as himself. He appears on Be Larry King and then like talks about how there's a human Larry King. That looks yeah, like yeah, spells like out him. a very obvious joke. That's like right. we all get it. And he's like, oh yeah, like he even has this background. He wears suspenders like you. And, and yeah. then they have the quotes on and like literally is spelling out the completely clear right. and apparent joke. Yeah, we get the joke is that this B is Larry King. That's why it's funny. Yeah. This right. makes sense why Tony Heald likes this movie. Because this movie has Tony Heald's humor written. I think Tony wrote this movie, frankly. Because it's like all these non-funny moments that aren't even funny how not funny they are. They're just not funny. And then it's him being like, that's the joke. Like, this movie made me feel like it was an hour and a half long Tony joke. <laughs> we love you, Tony. Thank you for yeah. loving us. This but podcast. anybody who knows Tony knows what I mean. When he says these jokes that aren't funny, and then like everybody's like, that's not funny. He's like, yeah, that was the idea. Yeah. It's like that's the opposite of the idea of funny jokes. Like it doesn't like this this movie is like just in it's 150 million dollars. It's so much money. It's so much money. Well, we get we get an Oprah appearance. She is there as the judge. John Goodman's good. And then we get to the point where he wins the lawsuit. And then this part starts to get very sketch. So now right. America becomes a police state <laughs> and is like literally removing honey from people. And then yeah. we watch police officers assault an elderly woman and choke slam her down on the table while she says she can't breathe. And Anthony and I were both like, well, that age, that did not, I'm like, that is not appropriate anymore at this point. But also like, it was never super appropriate to watch police choke slam an older woman regardless. And then you're just literally watching them like take people down and forcibly remove honey, like out of their hands. So I don't know if you know a lot about Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up, but very rarely does Jerry Seinfeld breach into socio-political issues. And this is why. Because when he does, it is like the most tone-deaf white man perspective of the world you could ever find. And yeah, it's just the movie kept going and I kept being like, I can't believe how much worse it's getting. The ending then tries to show you that they get all the honey, which now someone is delivering honey to like just their hive i don't really know and now they have a surplus of honey so now nobody wants to work anymore so you see them all lounging and you're like oh this is going to be a happy ending and then they throw in like the real world issue of like this is what would happen if bees weren't doing their job which i do understand there truly is like a honeybee crisis in the world and i right. think it did beat that because like every yeah. every like three or four years you see like there's a shortage of honeybees like article going around on facebook right. or on like instagram and it's just all the flowers die right it's yeah. like every flower all is <laughs> and then they're and then instantly the comment of like they use it for lip balm and i was like bird's beeswax <laughs> one bomb.com and two is actually an organization that is trying to help the honeybee population so like, i don't even know why you're coming at them Jerry? Yeah, Jerry wanted to start his own lip balm company and he wanted to take out Bert. Said he'd be the only lip balmer in the... It gets even better because we decide that we're going to repollinate the globe, okay? We're going to the flower
flower show and commandeering a flower float that we are now driving to the airport, packaging up somehow, putting it on a plane, and flying it back to JFK. All meanwhile, the bee is flying on the plane. I believe he has his own seat, okay? He somehow gets into the cockpit. Everybody freaks out because there is a bee. So now, Vanessa just also strolls into the cockpit. All of this is in a post-9-11 world where literally none of this would ever happen, that people are freely going into the cockpit. Mm -hmm. And now she needs to land the plane and all of the bees help and form a flower as a target for her to aim for. Like, I was actually thinking the bees were going to, like, fly under it and, like... Yeah, carry it. Like, because I was like, at this point, how are they... And they're chanting... What were they chanting? Thinking bee? I think so. Or think bee? Yeah, think bee, think... Like, think like a bee and land. Yeah, like, they should have said, believe, believe, like... Doesn't he say, like, I'm not supposed to be able to fly, but I can. So, like, you can with zero flight experience. Right, right, exactly. (laughs) It's just all about believing. The guy in the control tower is... We're supposed to think he's an asshole when he's the only one like spitting truth of like, oh, great. I have two people with no flight experience about to land a plane and I'm the one talking to them. So this is like my ass that's going to be in trouble when they fail. Like, that's exactly what would happen. This movie is really just shocking. It's a shocking movie. It's shocking it was made. It's shocking it never was stopped in production at 25, 50, 75, 100 million, 120 million, maybe 130 million they stopped. No. $150 million, and you wonder why Jerry Seinfeld never made another movie. Like, it's just Jerry Seinfeld is good at one thing and one thing only at this point. It's getting coffee and talking to more funny, talented comedians than himself. Other than that, he doesn't appear to have a purpose in the entertainment industry at this point. And neither does Matthew Broderick. You know, it's just like... Well, Matthew forth. Broderick does Broadway, and he should stay there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. He also isn't very nice to his wife, Sarah Jessica Parker. I think he also cheated on her. So don't like him either. Renee Zellweger can't figure that chick out because she she mails it in. She was on Ambien. She had to be for this. And she also like is a beautiful woman who like jacked up her face. She got way too much plastic surgery. Like she got. I don't want to. I don't want to knock on people. You do you to make yourself feel however you want to feel. But her plastic surgery was janky. Yeah, she should agreed. not have done it. Agreed. Is there anything else that was like a moment you would like to cover from this movie? Time really flies by when you're talking about shit. I will just say that the one redeeming quality, the thing that I will appreciate about this movie is as tone deaf as it was on a lot of things, the social issue or the global issue of how honeybees do affect our ecosystem, the world, is an important thing. We really do need to do our part oh, to the make The movie it. did, though. The movie didn't do that. Yes, it did. It showed you how they all... If the bees aren't doing what they need to do, then all the flowers die and it messes up the whole ecosystem. I mean, it was a very convoluted way of getting to that point. Well, yeah. But I mean, it isn't an important... I'm wondering how that part, if that was always part of the plan or if somebody was like, we should add this in here to like really just really get an ending that at least brings it back up. That it's like... Disneyfy it. We wanted to Disneyfy it. It wasn't like there was a part in the credits or before where it was like, this movie is sponsored by the American Bee Association. Where like it's you know, like there wasn't like a post credit like go to this website to learn more about how bees really do help. There wasn't a concern. I refuse to believe there was a concern from Jerry to send any social commentary or teach people about anything. It was a stand-up joke that was turned into a hundred and fifty million dollar stand-up joke. You're really harping on the hundred and fifty million dollars. Like that's really offending you. It is crazy that 
you would honestly spend this amount of money on this movie. There are so many better animated, better casted movies than this that didn't cost this much. It just was, I really do think, basically a scheme for Jerry Seinfeld to make as much money for himself and his friends because they ended up making plenty off this movie. They didn't lose money. That's always the funny part about a movie. If a budget's 150 million and it only makes 126, somebody made $150 million. And it's just, you know, Jerry didn't need to make another movie. He just needed to make one. And so our first animated film on digesting. And this is DreamWorks, right? This is DreamWorks. This was after the first two Shrek movies. I'm surprised they didn't have some random cameo from Shrek in there or something where he's like, why are you in my swamp, bees? Like, just that would have been too funny, probably. That would have cost them another $20 million. Yeah, nothing was stopping them at this point. Yeah, that's... I think all I have to say about the B movie, do you have any further thoughts? I feel like we pretty much covered nope. this movie. Let's, do you want and- me to do my rating first? Because I feel like you should go yeah. second. Please do. Okay. It's not good. I think there were parts in the beginning that I thought were cute. I enjoyed the ending message. The animation was pretty horrible. The acting was horrible. The storyline was ridiculous. Like they kind of, like you said, it definitely feels like it's three separate movies because it was, oh, what am I going to do with my life? Let's sue the humans. Oh no, bees are important for the ecosystem. So you just gave me like a trilogy of movies in one really bad one. Yeah, it was Um, not cohesive. But I stayed awake. So it's not Blade Runner. So I'll tell you that. It's not Blade Runner. But it wasn't as engaging as a Koyanitskatsi. Koyanitskatsi. So I will give this a 1.5. Because it was not a good time and I don't need to watch it again. And I hope nobody ever asks me a trivia question on it. And if they do, at least I hope I get it right now because uh, I want I think we would get a question right on it in trivia. Yeah. So 1.5 is way too high. Way too high. This movie is, it's bottom of the honey barrel. It is it's as low as you can get for me. 0.5 out of 5 for me. This movie didn't make me laugh in an ironic way. It didn't make me laugh in an unironic way. I really didn't like the animation. I thought the animation was so ugly. The title screen, I could not believe when they showed the B movie like title. It was just like brown block letters. Like that. this was their title sequence. They didn't do anything interesting in the movie. John Goodman's monologue in the courtroom was probably the only part where I almost kind of laughed. He just was from a totally different movie. Yeah, it's just... Oh, yeah. And just one more part. Barry Benson and Vanessa, they had a suicide pact. Yeah, what was that? Do you want to, like, kind of... Because it was when they thought they were losing the court case. And then I I pulled up the exact quote. How about a suicide pact? How do we do it? I'll sting you. You step on me. And she just goes, that just kills you twice. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then that's it. And then they move on. It just left there. I mean... We just made a suicide joke. Yeah, like, you know, sometimes older. Tone deaf. Complete tone deaf. You know, maybe it it just like wasn't clever. It wasn't like, I'm sorry, I'm a B. Like I am advanced like emotionally, like very quickly because my life is 14 days. Like, so I'm kind of going through a big part of my lifespan right now where like the existential part was like pointed out, but not discovered, explored in this movie. So yeah, 0.5 is my rating out of five. I will not rate a movie lower than 0.5. So at best or at worst for, you know, depending on your perspective, I will be tying with the B movie if I see something as bad. That is a total score of a one out of five for B movie. 
it's another pun because it's a B movie and it's a B movie. Get it? B movies, B. So hilarious. With that being said, I will not be talking about the B movie probably ever again on this podcast. We are done with it. $150 million budget shows you that the best things in life are not expensive because this movie was <laughs> absolutely a terrible. I cannot imagine being somebody who was a heavy investor in this movie and seeing this be the end result. I seriously can't. I can't really even imagine what I would do if that was my money just flying away there. But we're to the end of the $150 million movies. We're on to a duel of sorts where you're going to have to find a movie with verses in the title. So that's any of the versus movies. Obviously, Godzilla versus Kong could be one. It's not on my list. But uh, yeah, would you like to kick off our recommendations? Yes. Uh, So I looked, uh, IMDb has a list of 147 movies that have verses in the title. And I tried to pick ones that weren't part of like a larger scope of like being in a franchise. So I didn't do any of like the Superman versus or Justice League versus or Dracula versus. I didn't do any of that. Even though Billy the Kid versus Dracula is gonna, probably going to be Anthony's pick. So my three recommendations, I have one that is a 1935 movie starring Clark Gable, a little... uh It'll throw back to some classics. And this is Wife versus the Secretary. The wife believes that her husband is getting a little too close to the secretary, but that might not necessarily be true. The next one will be a more recent movie of Ford versus Ferrari, just because it was... I have not seen it. I haven't seen it. And maybe we can redeem ourselves with another DreamWorks animation with a little monsters versus aliens. So I also have not seen that. I don't think I'm ready to go back to animation category though. So I have a few movies as well. I don't know if I have any animation. One is Joe versus Volcano. We haven't talked about our boy T Hanks yet. No, we Um, have not. And This is one that I don't really know much about it. I do know it has Meg Ryan in it as well. And like close to her peak, it's Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. They kill it together. And I, you know, would be curious to see that. When we talk about romance, it makes me happy every single time. So I would like to, you know, maybe talk about that. Uh, Another one also from the 90s is The People versus Larry Flint. Another one I don't know a lot about. I did read some Larry Flint magazines as a youth. Thanks, Hustler, for making, you know, young Aaron come of age a little bit quicker. Poor use of words there. But Woody Harrelson, Courtney Love, Edward Norton. It's a really good cast. And one of those movies I would always walk by at the video store, but never pick up because I didn't really want to watch like a courtroom drama at uh, that point in my life. And the last movie I have on my list, it's it's hard because I have a few different ones that I was kind of interested in, but I'm going to go with Taika Waititi's, I believe, directorial debut. Um, maybe I'm wrong here. But uh, it's Eagle versus Shark, which I don't know a ton about. I do know it has the guy from Play of the Concords in it, which I don't know if you're familiar with them, but kind of like a British silly type of guy. I believe he's British. Maybe he's Australian and I just am stupid. But uh, Taika Waititi, I've seen all of his other movies uh, that he's directed. And I really am a big fan of his work. And this is his directorial debut. I'm not sure if we've had a directorial debut on here yet. So those are my three movies. So... Do you want to choose first or would you like me to? All right. My favorite on yours would be Lil T. Hanks and Meg Ryan, the OG that started their trilogy of movies together. So I will pick Joe versus the <laughs> from your list. Sorry. She agrees. 
Of course, Chico could not make it through a podcast without at least barking once, and now he's going to bark a bunch. And so for your movies, I'm not going to be doing Monsters versus Aliens. And your first movie, I don't know if I really want to do an older movie, like a 30s movie. So it's, I mean, I guess I'm kind of left here in where I've made my decision, but I really want to choose uh, Joe versus Volcano too, frankly. Uh, I think that's what we should do. Because yeah. I've seen Sleepless in Seattle and I've seen You've Got Mail. So I have to complete the trifecta. Yeah, this is like kind of an unofficial trilogy. And I think that it would be nice to see an actual proper romance this week. I think that I think we're kind of on the same page here. For the most part, this podcast, we have been on the same page. And I think we're going to go with romantic comedy starring Tom Hanks. Starring Meg Ryan. It's Joe versus the volcano. We survived one disaster. We're going to go into another one here. From a honey shortage to a volcanic eruption of some sort. The People versus Larry Flint is not going to be picked this week, but maybe it will be picked on another week. Joe versus the volcano, directed by John Patrick Shanley, which don't know who he is, but he also wrote the movie. And he also wrote Doubt and Moonstruck. So quite a... Quite a range of movies, as well as he is the writer of Congo. So this guy is all over the place. Only directed four movies, Joe versus Volcano and Doubt being two of them. So I believe he's a playwright, actually. Uh, so that should be interesting. But next week for our versus movie, we are going with T. Hanks. He finally makes his appearance in the 1990s Joe versus the Volcano. So I'm very much looking forward to this after this past week's of the B. I can't believe... That was as bad as it was. Um, yeah, that was not a good time. Yeah, it really was not. I will never revisit that movie. I question anybody who truly enjoys that movie. Christina, I feel like we both just need to take a nice long break on our rooftop with a cup of coffee and, and one sugar, and one sugar cube in and our one beef. crumb. <laughs> one crumb, stuff it into our pockets. And call it a night. Anything else from you? Anything coming up for you this week? Nope, guys. Just keep listening to Digesting Cinema and hope you guys are enjoying Digesting the Force. So that will be out on Fridays. So that's all we got. Follow us on Twitter. uh, You know, like and share. And thanks for being supportive this whole time because we are on episode 20. So it's been 20 whole weeks of doing this. So Yeah, which it's been really cool to do this in all seriousness. And there's no other reason I'd watch this movie but for you. (laughs) For the podcast. Yeah, I will only be using this against you for the next 28 days. I, I, mean, AKA, you, I think you picked the movie, but it's fine. Well, a.k.a. a bee's lifespan. That's how long I'm going to hang on to this. Uh, oh, gonna, so we're going to go, and everyone have a great day. And Aaron, keep digesting cinema. Stay buzzing.